Hello and welcome to the Grapeseed Official Podcast. In this episode of the All These Things series, we will focus on action activities. If we focus solely on the fact that our jobs are to teach students English, we can sometimes overlook the fact that we are teaching children, especially very young children in early units. We can't expect them to sit perfectly still and focus on us throughout the entire lesson. They need to move. Knowing that, as teachers, we need to strategically provide our students chances to move during our lessons so that they can refocus on other materials we plan to teach. Luckily, Grapeseed's action activities provide the movement our students need. Before we jump into the teaching method, let's talk about how we can tell if our students understand a concept we have taught them. One of the main ways we do this is through asking questions. We want students to be able to communicate in English, so expecting them to respond to our questions is an effective way to give them practice speaking while also giving us data on how well our students understand a given concept. Asking questions isn't our only route to gauging understanding, however. If students simply respond accurately to a command or request made of them, then we know they comprehend what was said or asked. This is what we do a lot of in action activities. Give commands for students to act out to give them motion they need while also letting us know just how much of the language they actually understand. This is also an area where you can really tell that your students are thinking in English. If you give a command like stand up and your students immediately stand, you know they aren't relying on home language translation. They hear your command in English and immediately respond. In a nutshell, Grapeseed action activities provide necessary movement for students while targeting specific learning objectives. So let's discuss teaching method. Action activities are another verbal skills tool, so again, you won't be pointing to the text on the cards. You'll point, gesture, use facial expressions, and sometimes props to help convey the meaning. But mostly, you'll be moving with your students, especially in early exposures. In action activities, you will have your students do many different things, from walking to running to crawling around on the floor. Thus, it is critical that you create a safe environment for your students to do these motions in. Remember that students aren't always in complete control of their bodies, especially when they are younger. You will need to plan ahead for each action activity you will teach and think about how you can keep things safe while also hitting the learning objectives for that day. Let's look at a couple action activities in Unit 1. In Stand Up, you really only need chairs, both for your students and for yourself. There isn't very much you need to do to keep your students safe. They will stay in their chairs or in the immediate chair space. Now let's look at Hop Like a Rabbit, where students will jump, run, and crawl. If you don't plan ahead and don't give clear instructions, your students will likely run into each other or into other things in your classroom. So you will need a planned route for your students to move in and clear directions for them. Usually for activities like this, you can have your students move in a circle around the chairs in the same direction to prevent accidents from happening. For just about all action activities, you will want to be hands-free so you can move with the students or model properly. Use magnets to put the teaching cards on the whiteboard or some other method to display them without you directly holding them. This will require you to really know the words as you will at times be far away from the teaching cards if you are doing the actions with the students. Some action activities will have pictures on the cards while some are just a list of commands for teachers to use, like I say you do in Unit 1 and most action activities from Unit 6 onwards. You will want to pay close attention to the directions in the lesson plans for how they are to be used in a given day. Some of these also involve a specific set of rules, like 
freeze in Unit 6 or 7. Listening to the Open the Box podcast for the units you are teaching so you can hear tips on your specific unit's action activities is highly recommended. One last note on teaching method. Just like chants, action activities may have a melody or rhythm to them on the audio files, but in class we want to use natural voices to help students know that the language in them can be used in normal communication. So even though Stand Up in Unit 1 has a catchy tune, don't sing it in class unless specifically directed to by your lesson plan. Okay, on to pitfalls and common mistakes to avoid. The first comes from something touched on earlier. Pre-planning and clear instructions are absolutely critical. If not set up and managed properly, action activities can quickly fall into chaos. You can quickly go from a focused class of 20 students sitting in their chairs to students running around the room yelling and laughing in a very short amount of time. So take the time to think through the language and the material as well as the directions in a given lesson plan. What do you need to do to set up the space properly, and what directions do you need to give students to do the action activity effectively? Model yourself or with a student or two first if you think it will help the activity go more smoothly, but also be aware of your pacing. If things start to get out of hand, don't be afraid to be strict. If a student is constantly not following directions, have them sit down while you do the action activity with the rest of the class. Not being able to have fun with their friends is a great deterrent for bad behavior. Another issue is teachers not doing the actions with the students in the lower units. In general, at the beginning of a unit, you want to be hopping, running, and yes, even crawling with your students. This will really help build a rapport with your kids. Imagine it from their point of view. Would they rather have their teacher crawling like a bear with them, or standing at the front of the classroom reading a script? Swallow your pride and get down on the floor with them. It'll pay off. Speaking of a script of commands, avoid going through the list and not looking at the students. A major goal is for students to accurately respond to the commands being given. If you are telling them to fly like a bird and then hop like a rabbit, but a student is still flying when he should be hopping, you aren't fulfilling your learning objectives. Make sure students are doing the correct action before giving the next command, and make sure they move on to the next command when you give it. Praise goes a long way here. Look for students doing what you want and praise them for it. Every time a student isn't doing the right command, the more you build a culture in the classroom where it isn't necessary to listen to the teacher. Unit 3's Count and Shout is a great example of this. In this activity, students are supposed to do an action while counting and shouting to a specific number. Don't let them go over that number. If they're supposed to count to 7, don't let them count to 8. Discourage it strongly early on, and you should be okay in the long run. In upper units, teachers often comment that their students don't want to do action activities anymore as they get older. You may have a specific class or two where the mix of personalities is like this, but more often than not, it is the teacher who approaches action activities with low energy that then rubs off on their students. Most students enjoy action activities as long as their teacher brings excitement to them. Again, swallow your pride here. Your job isn't to look cool, it is to help your students be successful with English. So, what can you do to be really effective with action activities? We talked a lot before about proper classroom setup, and one of the most underrated things you can do is to use tape to mark the floor to help guide students. For example, Unit 1's I Say You Do has you tell students to step on a line and step over a line. If you already have made a line on the floor with tape, the action activity will go much more smoothly because you have helped set your students up for success. 
Some action activities require a circle. Play with this idea. In Unit 10, we have the song Funny Shapes. You can periodically change the tape on the floor to some of the different shapes in the song and direct students to it when they do parts of the action activity Fun and Balloons. Mirroring is another skill that comes in handy with action activities. Unit 3 incorporates right and left in commands for give it to a friend. You don't want to turn your back on your students because they will tend to lose focus that way. So instead, it is helpful to stay facing them and mirror their actions. For example, when they put the object in their left hand, you should put it in your right hand, so to them, it looks correct. Really thinking through the language is highly recommended. For example, let's say you are in Unit 2 doing Just Wiggle with your students, and you have them doing the motions around their chairs in a big circle. You should all be swimming differently when you swim like a big fish and then swim like a little fish. The language itself doesn't say constantly swimming in a circle. Unit 5's Let's Climb is another example. The commands go in the pattern of, this is how monkeys climb, let's climb. Think about that language. Many teachers wait until let's climb to start their motion, but this completely bypasses the meaning of the first sentence. This is how monkeys climb. Remember that while we're having fun with action activities and moving around the classroom, they're still teaching materials with specific objectives. Earlier, I mentioned that you'll be doing a lot of the actions with the students in the beginning of the unit. Over time, though, you will want to phase out your own modeling so that you can really tell if your students are understanding the language. If you continue modeling throughout the unit, your students might just be copying you as opposed to really listening to the commands you are giving. You won't know if they understand unless you remove the support you are providing them. You also might notice that students pick up the language so fast that they start doing the next action in the series before you have given the command. This is a good indicator to you that they might need a bit more of a challenge. In the lesson plans themselves, as well as in the quick checks, you will notice that as the unit progresses, you will be asked to give the commands at a faster pace and in a random order. This is where you can really see just how much the students have the language down. This increased challenge still might not be enough in some particularly advanced classes. If you have time, it can be a good idea to have students come up and be the teacher, giving their classmates commands as well. This can start with language straight out of the materials, but it can also quickly evolve into students making up new commands with the language they know. Praise should be given in both cases, but really highlight student achievement if they start outputting creatively. To help set them up to be successful with making their own commands, give some different short commands during your lesson mixing up language students know. This can be especially helpful with transitions to different areas of the classroom. You can say things even in Unit 1, like, boys crawl like a big bear to the corner, and girls fly like a little bird to the corner. Eventually, you can start asking students to give the commands for you for transitions if they are sitting nicely or behaving well. They get to practice the language, the other students get to do an action, and you can hear some great creative output. If you have a class that responds well to competition, some action activities can lead to a winner at the end, like the freeze activity in Unit 6 and 7, or Teacher Says in Units 8 and 9. Don't do it all the time, but occasionally making an action activity a competition can really focus the students while also giving you the added benefit of building that culture of listening to the teacher because the student who wins in the end is the one who listens to the teacher the best. Before we close, I'd like to circle back to the concept at the beginning of this podcast about the necessity of incorporating movement. Action activities can serve as the primary source of this, 
but be aware of your students' needs in the moment. Your particular class might need a bit more movement than the lesson plan calls for. If that's the case, look to add a quick series of commands as a quick movement break. Even 20 to 30 seconds can do wonders for student focus. For example, let's say you're teaching Unit 1 and you just finished Stand Up. Next, the lesson plan has you read a poem, then tell a story, then transition to another place in the classroom. You might find your students are losing focus towards the end of the poem. If they are losing their focus here already, they'll have a hard time regaining it in the story afterward. So between the two materials, you can have students stand up, turn around two times, clap their hands, and sit down. In a very short time, you have refocused them to better hit your learning objectives in the next material. Add these mini action activities when necessary and use them as a chance to give more exposure in new contexts to language students already know. The look back pages in the teacher manual can help a lot here. Hopefully, this episode has given you some new ideas or tips that you can employ in your own classrooms. If you have any other great ideas on using action activities effectively, feel free to send them in to mailcarrier at grapeseed.com. As always, thank you for listening and good luck in the classroom. It was a good day, but now I will say goodbye, my friends, goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.